Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, TCK Potters, and welcome back to episode 178 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Tyler and new member, uh, Dweez. He doesn't want me to say his real name. Uh, we're going to recap the NFL Combine. It is a bit long, uh, but there's a lot of good tips, uh, things we took away from it. So let's bring them in and get started. Welcome back, everybody. Today, I'm joined by uh, Tyler on the bottom. I'm hoping this translates the same. We're not switching around because I was pointing the wrong way. And then Dwayne to my Oh gosh, to my left on my screen. Um, Dwayne is a member of the team. First video on the channel. Um, Dwayne's nuts, to, baby. Oh yeah, here to break down the combine, risers, fallers, all the positions, whatever we're going to break off and talk about. We had a little bit of a running back conversation that if you saw Dwayne's article on the site, you might be in agreement and confusion. Whatever the case may be, we're here to break it down for you. Um, so we're going to start right away with quarterbacks. Um, we don't have a ton because uh, like me and Tyler say, quarterbacks don't I don't want to say the, the combine doesn't matter, but it's not very influential in terms of their production in the NFL. So we just put a couple of things that a couple of scouts have been saying just based on the stock of the players. Um, Jalen Hurts had a really good combine. NFL teams were starting to take notice. Um, I know I was all on him in regards to Tyler kind of was not um, just in terms of the play in college. Obviously, we'll see how that translates. But I think it was just good to note that Jalen Hurts kind of put his name on the map uh, more so than the next guy, Jake Fromm, whose stock went way down. Teams finally realize he's garbage. Um, <laughs> Tyler, what do you, do you think? Do you think he's garbage? I don't know if you made your decision yet or not. Yeah. Well, he's still a, um, definitely a game manager quarterback. I think what hurt him, and I think most people are talking about this is Eason went right before him. So Eason puts on a show with his power arm and slings the ball over the place. And then you step in a game manager has to try and compete with that. And it's hard for scouts to still remain full and in, in full concentration to a guy like that. Mm, yeah. We talked about like how there's nothing that like pops off the screen with from, um, and obviously this is a fantasy channel. So that isn't going to be beneficial for him there. He could be a good NFL quarterback. Uh, Dwayne, do you have any thoughts on uh, Eason or from or Hertz or any of those guys? Look, I, so I watched, uh, I watched from on QB one when he was in high school years yep. back. And I got like this, I got a nice deep-seated appreciation for the man he is. I have a hard time separating that. Uh, not to mention, as a Chicago Bears fan, like the, the game manager – that's all we've ever had is game-managing quarterbacks. At least successful ones in Chicago have been game managers. So I like, I like Fromm. He's not a great fantasy asset. I think he's going to be a fine career backup quarterback mm. in the league, though, and, and maybe even – you know, pull a couple of Case Keenum shots out of his ass on, on occasion. But uh, he's not a stud. We're down far enough on the QB list that, like, these guys aren't going to hit anyway. So, who gives a fuck? I, I think Hurts bumped up a little bit um, as well, just like you guys did. I like Eason a lot, too. But I agree with you completely. You see everything you need to see about a quarterback in the game film. You don't need – the combine is nothing. I mean, it's, yeah, it's like worthless. Maybe the 40 if you're trying to, like, like Hurts, trying to prove that he can run, but everyone knows yeah. he can run. Herbert can throw the long balls just a little further than everybody else, yeah, and he let everybody ooze and ahs. Like, we knew he can fucking chuck the ball. 
guess so. That's about. We just wanted to kind of give some stocks on it because we obviously didn't care too much. Now we're going to go into running backs. Uh, probably, I oh, think. Oh, yeah, this is. I right. love running backs. I'm a. I'm a drink. Well, can I? Can I drink on air? I don't know. Yeah, I'm doing it. it. It's, it's um, hard. So, <laughs> I said Dwayne's article or rankings, whatever you saw, he did have Zach Moss at one, but I will. I'll give a disclaimer that it was not truly based on what he saw in film production. It wasn't like an overall ranking. It was off your model. So if you kind of want to like out, uh, lay out your model and kind of how you approach that, go for it. All right. So my model is a algorithm in the truest sense. Um, 25 plus steps, mathematical steps, each one dependent on the previous step. I think we had a hundred and something like 135 variables in the end. There were in the 25 steps, maybe 60 different equations to be done. So really it was a, a lot of numerical information, a lot of factual statistical information stacked on top of factual statistical information um, mixed in with, a, there was a lot of game, game uh, uh, film review stuff in there. Like there has, has to be a little bit of that, right? You can't, you can't rank these guys without looking at it and putting some of your, uh, your own stamp on that stuff. So um, I'll, I'll say right at the outset, uh, Zach Moss had the highest tape score of anybody in, coming in before the combine for me. So it was in part due um, to what I saw on tape. I, I was really impressed with the kid, more so than anybody. I mean, I saw one or two other lists that he was at the top maybe many months ago. But mm-hmm. um, that, that's the model. I mean, it, it's the first time I've made one of these. I spent months and months building this thing. Um, I tested it over the past – 10 or 12 years worth of players until I decided that I liked the consistency at which it was hitting um, that historical, those historical guys, those historical numbers. So like, it's not just willy nilly, but at the same time, it's version one, mm. version, yeah. well, version 14 over the past several months, but version one, first year I've done it. So I like it though. I like it. I liked Zach Moss at one going into this combat. Do I now? I don't know. I'm getting into that. It's not far now. Because I think if you look at, like, the whole fantasy landscape in general, guys like PFF, not like PFF in general, but, like, every single guy in PFF had Zach Moss at number one. Obviously, they're numbers-based, so they're building models uh, like you. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say it's wrong because I'm, I'm not here to say, like, he's not going to be the RB1 because he could fall on X team that's better than Jonathan Taylor's team and oh, produce yeah. more. Because, obviously, it's a fantasy channel, not overall. It's a football channel. Um, I know Tyler, you were pretty high on Zach Moss. If you kind of want to, well, yeah, um, it's not like you know Dwayne's jump on him, but I, I still oh, man think, love, man love, deep man love, man love deep. It's got to be deep. Um, I, I still am very impressed with him. I have a bun uh, above running backs like Ceh. Uh, so yeah, no, very impressive tape. I, I did a breakdown with him at Oregon. I think he's a pretty solid physical back. Um, also uses speed well obviously really strong 19 reps put in at the combine um, gets right about running back average. I, I was very impressed with this tape. Um, and I think that translates into my rankings. I have him as my fifth running back. Mm, and I think you took more of an overall like production, like a well-rounded production tape sort of, I guess, grade you could put or a rank on it as well as I'm more of the, I watch a ton of tape. I'm more of like, I don't know, like measurables of the combine and like the numbers. Yeah. So I think there's definitely three different like views on it, which I think is good. I think it's good to have varied views, and we'll see how Dwayne's model um, by the end of the year. By I don't know, however it's long. Fucking we're perfect is yeah. fucking perfect. It's gonna be a hundred percent. So now we're gonna go into Jonathan Taylor, who I put undisputed RB one because I think there's 
no doubt the talent that he has after we saw the 439 he ran in the 40 yard dash, which is well faster than I thought he was going to run. I don't know where you guys stood on. I, don't, I didn't make projections, obviously, but. Yeah, I thought he was fast. I mean, I thought he was fast going into it. He's obviously fast uh, on the film, but I didn't think he was going to be that fast. No way that I think he was going to be the running back one. In fact, we'll get to a guy later um, that I was really disappointed in who I thought was going to be the one in the 40. But it's not just the 40 for this guy, right? It's all, it's everything. He, he came in 11th in the uh, vertical jump, ninth overall in the group for the broad jump, third in the three cone drill, which is one of my favorite drills. Um, for running backs six in the in the 20 yard shuttle which is again a, a great explosive drill like he in all the drills he impressed he was right at the top uh he gained some weight before the the weigh-in before the fucking combine started so like there's nothing he did he did everything exactly right and you know like I agree with you like I rewarded him he he moved up I I played some of the numbers changed some of the things in the in the algorithm he's my new number one so he jumped Moss he was two going into the combine by I think point six points out of 180 or so in in the uh total number but he he jumped yeah he's number one for me now mm. uh, i'm assuming he's your number one tyler or did he move at all yeah, yeah no his, his um i would definitely say his stock flew up um he did jump past deandre swift who i think uh, stock also went up in the same right so not that swift did anything for it, the combine more or less taylor just did just so much more to uh, eclipse swift um still think deandre swift's impressive uh if we want to segue into that um i could go ahead and jump right into the fact that i like what he did at the 40 um pretty decent vert not that that really matters did not participate in three cone or bench so i think deandre swift as my number two back is where i want to see him fall i like his tape he can be a three down kind of style back um the only thing i could be slightly concerned about is I haven't really seen a major injury from him outside of the one that he had to suffer through LSU and Baylor. I, I want to see, you know, how good he is at bouncing back from an injury like that when he finally does get back onto the field. Mm, Dwayne, how do you, I don't know where you had uh, Swift ranked pre-combine. How did you kind of evaluate uh, I th- that? Or? I think he's five um, and he stays at five for me. He did nothing at the combine to really stand out for me. Like he, in some areas he raised up a little bit some areas he fell like he dropped some balls in some of the easy pass drills that I was really disappointed in because I liked his hands a lot on tape I you know one of the notes that I have uh next to Swift is that he and Taylor if you watch them on film they're they're pretty much the same fucking running back they run the same way Taylor's obviously faster Swift is obviously stronger um with the ball at least at the point of contact but there's a lot about these two guys that I think is really similar uh, you you take that speed score and like for fantasy purposes, give me the speed over the strength with Taylor. So we, part of the reason he's higher up, but yeah, combine was eh for Swift. I, I learned nothing about him that made any significant changes. So he kind of stays, stays right there at five for me. Yeah. He's, he's, he was at my three and he stayed at my three. Um, I don't want to say he was like combine proof in a sense, but I think he's just been kind of like confusing on how to sort of evaluate him for me because he's never been that true workhorse, although Georgia's never really had a true workhorse. So it's kind of hard to put that into perspective. It's just going to come down to what team buys into him because I think guys like Akers, Taylor, and Dobbins, they're going to be drafted to be a workhorse no matter what team. But I think Swift could easily be drafted to be a a third down back or an off pace back. So it's kind of I don't know. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm not a huge film guy. I know Tyler watched a lot of films, so it's kind of hard for me to like gauge how good he can really be. Um, yeah, he's got, he's got more than the third down skill set, but, but yeah. you're not wrong. Like the, the 
number of touches, his, his touches are so far fewer than the other guys at the top of this list. So his production, like his career production in school is just so far below what you see from a lot of these other guys. So, so Tyler, you said your concern here is that you, you want to see him bounce back, but like, I'd like to see him with a, an NFL workload, like before yeah. I rank him much higher than five. Yeah, I, and I think he can handle it as well. I, I think he's definitely more than a third down guy because he has really electric running. When you look at it in tape, his ability to flip from being elusive to being physical when he needs to is very impressive to me. I like that he's able to use both those assets in his running attack. Um, I think he's more than a, uh, just a third down or even just a first and second style just with running. I think he can play all three downs. Um, I just want to see a team take that chance and, and let him take that workload. And with uh, Daniel Jeremiah releases like, I don't even know, mock 10 or whatever, whatever mock version it is. And he did have Swift as the only running back going in round one. If you kind of want to take that with what you will, if like his kind of value, if it changed or not. Um, but I definitely think we'll have to see how the running back landscape plays out. Cause I think it's either going to be all in or they're just going to wait. Cause there's so many, especially with guys like Akers who I don't have his exact measurables, but he just had an overall good combine which is, I think, what he needed um, to sort of solidify himself as that mid-day two pick. I don't know if you guys – I'm pretty high on him with that number run, running back two. I don't know where you guys kind of stand on him. Let's talk, let's talk about Akers for a little bit because, you know, I know, I know the both of you gave me some shit in a video you did with my initial rankings on Akers. I had him at 14 um, when I came out. And, and to your credit, he has come up quite a lot. Couple of re- Let me tell you why he came up, first of all. Um, so from his uh, quote unquote official college measurement to his official combine measurement, the dude shrunk an inch and a half and gained 12 pounds. Um, so right out of the gates, like the first thing that my, my algorithm does is input size. So everything else is sort of based on the size of the back. Mm. So all of a sudden, all of his, uh, you know, all of his elusiveness, all his quick beat and all that those scores get amplified later on in the algorithm because all of a sudden he's a shorter, stockier guy than a tall, scrawny dude, like his quote-unquote official college measurement. So he came up there. Then the combine happens, and look, um, I love that, I love that again, quote, weight gain, like how much of that was real and how much of that was a bullshit measurement to begin with, I don't know. His foot speed, like people couldn't t- stop talking about that Deuce Staley drill when he got up there and, and fucking ran through that thing like it was nothing. Those feet were moving so goddamn fast you couldn't see him. <laughs> Loved his hands. He had he showed to me in the combine some of the best hands. Um, you know, I thought his hands were fine. I thought he could catch just fine as a receiving option in the NFL, but what, what I saw was pretty damn impressive. Um, his speed was good. We thought his speed was going to be good, but I loved his shuttle score, like that quickness score, that burst score that you see in that 20 yard shuttle, I thought was really impressive. I don't, I don't have exactly what it was, but it was great. 20 on the bench. So you just said a minute ago, Moss only put up 19 and that was fine, but Cam Akers puts up 20. That's really impressive to me. He's, he jumped all the way up to number seven after all this. So like he's, he's creeping, he's creeping. Mm -hmm. I think he just jumped ahead of, um, Michael Warren for me, who I'm really high on Michael Warren. So that was hard for me to see, but, but I mean, I like Cam Akers. You can't, and he's, he's got the production. He's got the touches over the course of his college career. He, he, he's shown that he can do it um, with, with all the workload. Right. So probably not still as high as you guys, but. No, I'm number two. That's about as high as you can get without Taylor. So what about you, Tyler? Yeah. um, So did you have him at six foot? Was that what your, your height rankings was for him? He was, five, he was 5'11 and like 
three quarters or something in his in in what I saw on ESPN. Yeah, so five ten two seventeen was the combine um, weight and height. Uh, I really like him. I think tape kind of doesn't do his all justice, and I know I live and die by tape, but I think he's one of the exceptions. One hundred fifteenth offensive line in the NCAA yeah. will not help you, but averaging five uh, yards per attempt will. And what I really like to see in his tape was how impressive he was when he was getting stopped behind the line and what he had to do just to fight for one or two yards. I think there's a lot of dog in him. He has the ability to do that, the strength, the power to do that. And when he does get into open space, he's very electric, whether that be in the passing game or in the rushing attack. Um, I really like what I see from Akers in his tape. Yeah, and he's going to blow up if you guys know Graham Barfield or if anyone listening knows Graham Barfield, his yards created um, site or – content or whatever you want to call it he's gonna I think he's he has to place number one just based off the line play for his team um J.K. Dobbins I mean he didn't stand out so wait a minute there's a there are still some concerns about acres I don't remember who I heard say this just last week but it was a, a really poignant point that I think is worth bringing up the problem with a guy who spends he was what starter for two and a half years yep. at Florida State um nearly three years at Florida State and his offensive line has always been fucking trash so on you know, three-fourths of the carries he's got, he's being met in the backfield. The problem that can occur over that span of time with that same thing happening is that you develop habits. And mm-hmm. the habits that are that he's potentially developed, we don't know, um, uh, is, is uh, too, too cute behind the line of scrimmage, right? Playing too cute, too many jumps, looking around instead of hitting the hole. Like you learn not to hit the hole if your fucking line can't open a hole, right? So one concern that I think is valid um, and valid for coaches in the NFL is like, can this kid just get the rock and run? Like we don't, we haven't seen that very often because he hasn't had the opportunity to do it, but has he developed habits that are going to be hard to break for him? Is he going to get too fancy in the backfield uh, and end up losing yards in a much faster uh, NFL game you know the ACC's defense is what it is is a couple of great teams but uh, a couple of speedy defenses but overall it's not a you know it's not a extraordinarily tough conference to play in um, so so I don't know we'll see if he can overcome some of those things but they they should be I think concerns for um, NFL teams yeah in. I haven't really like thought about that it's kind of that's interesting to see if like if you go back and look at I mean I don't even know like who that would be I guess but like kind of how that's worked out for him or if that's like something scouts like talk about or I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of an interesting like thought process to keep in the back of your mind when you are ranking him or are, are evaluating him. I would say if that was his greatest weakness, I would still love to see him at three or four. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. I think that's like, if that, yeah, like you said, if that's what you're, and not that Dwayne's like putting that on him, but if that's like the yeah. only thing these scouts can find wrong, that's pretty good. I think for his career future. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, we go back into him. I don't didn't participate in most of the didn't participate yeah. in most of the drills. I mean, he did, did the bench press. Bench, yeah, it was a it was a great bench, but nobody doubted this kid's strength. He's a mm. he's a he's a stocky dude. But yeah, really disappointed that he didn't do anything. But you can't move him. I mean, I, I was talking to the wife about this. She's asking me why people aren't participating. He there's nothing that Dobbins could have done in this combine that would have helped his stock. Yeah, right? I agree. So so why bother? Like he'll do it at the pro day. We'll yeah. see, and maybe some of those numbers will change at the pro day, but mm-hmm. he, is who, be, he is who we think he is. Let's be honest. Yeah, he's going to be, I think, an early day two pick. Like, I mean, I, he's going to fit in and be a workhorse right away. I think it's just kind of 
his value right now. Like I said, like you said, he wasn't going to outrun Taylor. He wasn't going to outrun Acres. He wasn't going to out anything. So, he's not going to out anything. Yeah, anybody. like it's. I mean, obviously, he's better than like the lower backs, but like, yeah, I think I was, you kind of hit it on the head. Um, his tape and his production is is what it is, and scouts, I think, already kind of have that grade on him. Um, did he move he's it a, off? He, yeah, he's another guy who gained weight uh, before right. his his um, combine weigh-in. So just by the fact that he put on some pounds, you know, a lot of these guys in this class are smaller guys, and some of the guys at the top they're smaller guys. So a little bit of weight gain is is beneficial, I think, going into the NFL. You need to be a little bit bigger. So he he actually did end up jumping over. Uh, CEH for me, uh, they again they were tenths of a point away from each other to begin with, but he's jumped up to number three ahead of CEH okay. on my rankings. What about you, Tyler? Did he move at all? Or well, no, he stayed at four for me. Um, I would say uh, Acres, Swift, and Taylor kind of separated themselves. I think I don't really want to say that his stock went down in my eyes, but in the eyes of my rankings, you know, him staying at four he didn't really show anything to improve himself, at least in my eyes, which I don't really think hurt him. Um, still tape screams what you need to know about him. And as much as we want to know that the combine is helping these guys and boosting their value, participating it or not, I can't say not showing up is, is going to, is going to tank your value. Mm. Can, I, can I tell you my concerns about JK Dobbins real quick? Go for it. Um, Here's my concern. I, J.K. Dobbins showed a lot on tape, right? He's got an incredible burst. Like, he can, he's very decisive, great vision, hits a hole, and he's fucking gone. Like, he's, he's easy to lose. I don't expect him, when he does run his 40 at his pro day, to have an extraordinarily top-end speed. Um, if he runs a, you know, four, a sub 4.5, I'd be impressed. Um, I don't think he's all that fast in a straight line. But my concern is this. I, I think – you know, as I watched the film, it looked a lot to me like most of what he did came um, from the production of his offensive line. Like he relied a lot on humongous fucking holes and poor defensive play. All all the big carries you can see, or at least a huge chunk of the big carries you can see, there's nobody anywhere near him. He's not having to break a lot of tackles. Um, he's not having to go around a lot of guys. In fact, I don't think I don't think J.K. Uh, Dobbins can break an outside linebacker tackle like he he can he can shake you if you're a db trying to hit him but if he's met in the hole by an outside linebacker i think he's going down i don't think he can break a tackle nearly as well as guys like taylor or swift can break a tackle hmm. do you think that these holes generated was because of a mobile quarterback because i personally do when i look at the stat differential um between 2017 18 and 19 based on attempts and yards they're remarkably different when he goes from a mobile quarterback to a non-mobile to back to a mobile i i'm I would say that a lot of him breaking these huge runs off of big holes was based off the fact that the running attack from the quarterback was playing such an emphasis on the defense. Do you? Yeah, Fields is nasty. Well, I mean, like the basic basic football says, if you've got a running quarterback, you need to maintain outside contain, right? So outside linebackers shift a little bit to the outside. They're more hesitant to crash down on an inside carry. And when Dobbins runs the ball, it's very rarely off tackle, right? He's running inside runs most of the time. That's where his holes are. You know, he's hitting the, the one, two, three gaps or the, the zero, one, two, three gaps more often than anywhere else. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right, right? You have to you have to account for these guys. Even, a lot of teams, even with the middle linebackers, they'll take a middle linebacker off the field, replace him with an outside linebacker, and and just shadow fields, shadow the quarterback. So, so you're not wrong. Like you know, it's this this guy's going to be toward that guy, and off more often than not, teams are choosing to let Dobbins be the guy to beat him because they didn't want to get burned by Fields, who is insanely athletic on the football field. You're right. Yeah. 
I mean, if you remember guys like Mike Weber or Beanie Wells or all these running Ooh, backs that Beanie. like put up like huge, like Mike Weber, like he put up, I remember like there was a whole story because he like won the starting job. It was a whole thing, put up amazing stats and he was like a six round pick for the Cowboys. I mean, like, that's I'm not saying man. that's what Dobbins is, but I, I get where you're coming from. Um, I think no matter who slides into that running back role at Ohio State, it would definitely be a similar value. But, yeah, I think the Justin Fields take, uh, take is good. I don't think a lot of people realize the RPO, the strength it has. Like, if you watch the um, Clemson-Ohio State game, uh, Clemson sort of utilized the RPO with Trevor Lawrence because they had to to, utilize, to sort of ISO Chase Young. Completely different conversation. But you saw Lawrence had, like, 50 rushing yards in the first, like, half just because they didn't know what to do because you can't game plan for a read option. Like, there's nothing you can do to sort of – stop both ends in a sense but yeah I like all those takes for him um the, the nice thing about Dobbins though and the reason he is as high as he is on my list is that like he's I think better than anybody else that I've seen on tape like he will take what you give him and maximize he will take advantage mm-hmm. of everything you give him will he create a lot for himself yet to be seen I don't know that he necessarily has what some of these other guys at the top do but this man can take advantage uh his decisiveness is next to none um, his burst when he sees a hole is next to none. He knows how to take advantage. So like still a stud running back. Like it's not, let's not get it twisted. He's, he's going to be, he's going to be fine in the NFL. If he goes to a team that knows how to block for the run. Right. Mm-hmm. I think if he's put, if he's put on a good read option team with a decent or not read option, um, a good, uh, um, zone blocking scheme team with a, with a decent offensive line, I think he's going to be, I think he's been quite yeah. good. The, the one team, and I'm pretty set on this. I haven't for a while as the Steelers. I think that they are zone blocking. Um, they – not that – I'm trying to think of the – oh, gosh. The Broncos' offensive line coach was the Steelers. I want to say Munchak's his name. He, like, developed that zone blocking scheme, and they kept that last year. That kind of shows why guys like James Conner and Kareth White are putting up running back two flex games because it's just the system they're in. So, I think, I think they're middle of the second round. I think that would be a sweet landing spot for him. Uh, and just insert him into an RBT. A lot, of comp- a lot of competition. A lot of competition. Is James Conner going to play half a season? I mean, like <laughs> Benny Snell, baby. Come oh, on gosh. now. Okay, Jalen gonna, Samuels. Come we're on. We're going to move into AJ Dillon now. Uh, J- J- Jonathan Taylor Light or Junior or whatever you want to call him. He is that what you're calling AJ Dillon? That's the most asinine thing I've ever heard you fucking say. But go ahead. Terms, let's hear let's hear the explanation. It was in terms of the production he put up in college. Okay, he had okay. 845 carries, 4,382 yards, and 38 touchdowns in his career at Boston College. Um, Wisconsin was run heavy. Boston College was also very run heavy. So I'm not saying like that. Okay, okay. It was okay. just like – it was it's a similar guy. Um, I – didn't even think about putting him anywhere close to my top 15 running backs pre-combine. I don't even know if anyone did. I don't, I don't have it pulled up pre-combine rankings. I'd have at 26 pre-combine. Yeah, like, and it was all because I knew he was going to weigh in 240-plus. Um, it's just what – it's just – he wasn't going to lose weight because that's not the running back he is. And then he ran um, – oh, gosh, a four. Four, five, two. Yeah, four, five, two. Okay, like, that is insane for running don't, at 247. Don't stop there. Highest vertical jump at 41 inches. Uh, 131 inch broad jump, I believe was the highest, the longest broad jump in the class. I mean, those are, those are fucking explosive numbers at 247. Yeah. Also lost an inch, by the way, from his college measurement to his combine measurement, which these and guys shrinking is insane. Like, he owned that whole, like, I think he tweeted out something like too, too big to be a running back or like he, I, I love it. I mean, he looked, 
looked so he looked so lean yeah. out there on the field in his underpants. Like he didn't look like the guy he looked on tape. To, on tape, when I watched this guy, I fucking hated him. I couldn't stand watching him. He ran yeah. he ran slow, he ran yeah. weak, he ran he looked fucking scared running into the line of scrimmage. Um I didn't like a- anything about him you know who he kind of looked like to me um i made this note obviously the derrick henry comparisons are coming but when he was running in college he looked like derrick henry pre his breakout uh two seasons ago when he was running scared right when he was running scared like a little bitch you know he called you know he called eddie george on the phone and asked eddie george why he was not successful in the NFL and Eddie George straight up told him, dude, you need to just fucking run people over. You need to impose your will. You're not doing that. And that's why you're running like shit. Uh, Two games later, 300 fucking yards, a 95 yard touchdown. And he hasn't looked back since AJ Dillon runs like before that phone call, Derrick Henry to me uh, on tape, but you can't fucking ignore the combine numbers. Jesus. Where? Okay, so yes, he had the combine. He did really good. He's on the map now. But where do you think teams would take him? That, that's where I'm struggling with where to rank him because I don't know what team is going to – like, I don't know. Because there's definitely going to be – I think I think he will go round four, so late day two is kind of where I'm thinking. Yeah, Derrick Henry helps him. Um, I think just seeing the physical dominance of Derrick Henry in the playoffs, uh, teams love to mirror each other um, when they see any sort of slight success. That's why I think – Guys like when we talked about quarterbacks, um, guys like Jalen Hurts are going to go higher than they should um, based off the fact that Lamar Jackson was so successful. So I think that's going to help him uh, looking at probably around the fourth. But hell, we didn't think Miko Hardman would draft second. You know, you see guys blow up at the combine. They jump uh, to teams. So I I think Dylan is going to jump higher than he should too. Right. So as I, as I change these numbers, I'm a little concerned of, about my algorithm and AJ Dillon brings up this concern because I still think he's a shitty running back. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's going to be a shitty running back in the NFL, but the numbers from the combine were so much better than what I saw on tape. So all of my numerical scores for the tape tape study, they had to come up some, he he jumped from 26 to 13 on my list because of of those numbers jump. I don't, I, I don't think he's the 13th best running back out there. Um, you know, if he can get his shit together, um, if he can start running like a man rather than like, you know, a very small child, maybe, but, but, uh, yeah, he'll go, he'll, he'll go higher than he should. And, and he'll go to a team that's trying to run a committee that's got themselves a a pass catching a back who's fine. And they need somebody to do goal line, maybe first down work, maybe short yardage stuff. And, Mm. and he's going to get out there and prove that he doesn't know how to run into a line of scrimmage and gain a yard. Yeah, I don't think there's much fantasy like, uh, like lifetime value to be had there because he'll rely on touchdowns. Just to, it's like Legarrette Blount. He had to rely on touchdowns to be fantasy relevant as an RB two. So I, I just kind of wanted to point out um, how insane. Like that, had, if there was some like obviously you have like your model and stuff, but if there was some like rating to give like height, weight, and then all the combine like what they put up, I think he'd have to be towards the top. I don't, I don't know like super combine results in terms of past years but yes very impressive um along the terms very of weight, impressive yeah along, along the terms of weight and weight gain we got anthony mcfarland and eno benjamin i'm very big on anthony mcfarland but they weight gain they both got above 200 pounds um eno benjamin will start off with him i don't Garbage. 
Yeah, I'm so confused because, okay, back to the senior bowl, there was the interviews, and I was watching the interviews, and he said he was going to lose weight to run the 40. He was already super small. He was probably like 190 then in the senior bowl. He puts on 13 pounds, I think, from that. I don't even know. He put on X amount of weight to get over 200 when he said he was going to lose weight. So it's just kind of like I don't know how, like, confident he is in running in what he was in college, um, which kind of, I don't know. It, just, it kind of just draws a huge question mark to me. He's going to be strictly a pass catching back if I had to deem him one thing in the NFL. So that could be fantasy relevant. Obviously, it just depends on what team he goes to. But I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on Benjamin, if he rose up or down or anything post-combine. He's a bad um, He's a bad, He's a a bad. bad running back. He's slow, a lot slower than he should have been. He was weaker than he should have been with mm. the weight gain. Uh, here, let me tell you what I got on Eno Benjamin. He scores the lowest of anybody in the class in, in two categories. The first one is pass blocking. This guy, if you, if you look at any film and this guy tries to pass block, which a lot of guys don't, but he got the opportunity on occasion. He looks, he looks fucking, like he's a goddamn blind man out there. He has no idea what he's doing. He's very bad at it. And even when he accidentally stumbles in front of a fucking blitzer, he gets run over and like need in the kidneys and he's done. And it's just over. <laughs> um, the other thing that he scored, he, he was the worst at in all of the guys I rate. He, had the, he had the least yards per carry of uh, rushing yeah, wise of anybody in the league. Yeah. 250 fucking carries and he barely broke a thousand yards. Now 4.3 sounds fine in the NFL, but in college a 4.3 yards per carry is garbage. He's not a good running back. He's not a good running back. He's one of these guys where, like, I couldn't wait to turn off the tape when I was watching it because it was it, it was making me gag. Like, yeah. and his combine, his combine didn't help. No. Yeah, I thought that when I heard the weight, I was like, okay, maybe he could, if he tests well, maybe like a, a third down, like Tariq Cohen type roles in store for him, but he did not test well. So that's why, yeah. I don't know, I was kind of bringing it up. Anything on him, Tyler? Yeah, so um, pass blocking was horrible, obviously. So bad. If you guys watch some of what I do, I just absolutely spit on terrible pass blockers. It's why I have a guy that's a little bit down here in the list, um, so low compared to other people. Uh, I watched his Oregon tape, which was um, pretty impressive, but he had 31 attempts. 31 attempts. He ran 114 yards, 3.7 average. It's just like that kills me to to Mm -hmm. see the lack of production um, with so much volume. Um, can catch the ball, which is beneficial. Five for fifty-four. Um, he's a he's a pretty hard runner. It does well in space, but but what what is there to him that I saw in film? Not much. And and a poor pass blocking means he's fallen fallen down on my on my rankings. Mm. One of the one of the note I have for this guy is this, and it's not super relevant to anything. But if I'm a scout in the NFL watching this, this is the shit I pay attention to. You watch you watch his games. You watch any of his game film. Any play that he's not involved in, he is wildly uninvolved in. He will walk to the sidelines in the middle of a play, uh, regardless of what's happening. If he's not involved in the play, he doesn't want to be on the field. It's sad to watch his complete lack of passion for this game like that pisses me off in addition to the other things that he's just bad probably why he's such a bad pass blocker doesn't care enough if he's not got the ball in his hands not Mm. for me uh yeah i mean i i didn't know like a ton on him i didn't watch a lot of film obviously i don't watch a lot of film Uh, that's why you got us here lucas yeah exactly the film i did watch though is anthony mcfarland and i know okay i'm a little biased i got him pretty high i think rb oh gosh i'm gonna pull it up um 
RB5, okay, that is biased, but I am putting him there because I think a team will identify, especially after he ran a 4-4 flat, what he did in the combine and his production and sort of this, it's basically like a Cam Akers situation. Maryland was really, not really good. They were good his uh, junior year, two years ago. And then they were really, really bad this year. If you remember, they were undefeated ranked. They lost to Syracuse. If they would have won, they would have hosted college game day. Then it came to Iowa State, so that's pretty cool. So I got to go to that. Whoa. And they went on an eight-game losing streak. So something happened in that game to where they just – I don't even know what happened. But I, I'm going to throw a prediction out here. The Chiefs are going to take him in round two. I mean – That'd be so disappointing. That'd be – <laughs> I'm sorry, but, like, from all the guys that could go to the Chiefs, if he went, if he went there and then, you know, it'd be in the second round, I wouldn't see that. I would see the Chiefs taking him in, like, the fourth. Eight. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think, I think he's definitely rising after the 4-4 four, four and – I think when you perform at the combine well, I think teams will go back and maybe like reevaluate you. Obviously, that means looking at more film, all that stuff. So, I mean, I'm a little biased. I'm just going to come out and say it. How low do you guys uh, – or how at the right price do you guys have Anthony McFarland? Well, we don't For, like him. <laughs> well, so McFarland is my 10. Um, and it's really interesting that we're talking about him right after Eno Benjamin because as much as I fucking couldn't stand watching Eno Benjamin's tape, I couldn't get up, get enough of Anthony McFarland's yeah. tape. And, you know, what, he only ran 600 fucking yards, only touched the ball 114 times. Eight touchdowns is pretty good on, on that number. But my favorite thing about Anthony McFarland is, is the inverse of my least favorite thing about Eno Benjamin. And this guy, this guy plays every fucking play at full goddamn tilt. Like, he is more fun to watch take a fake handoff on a play-action pass than the pass itself. Like, I want to see this guy. His motor is at full tilt all the time. Talk about passion for the game. That's, that's what I really like to see. Um, otherwise, you know, he, he's a smaller guy, almost the same size. He's an inch shorter, but he weighs yeah. the same as Eno does. Uh, he looks a lot stronger at the point of contact line of scrimmage than a lot of guys his size do. He's not big. He's 200, 208 pounds, right? But he looks like he plays a little strong in that really solid leg drive for me. Um, at the point of contact there I I like his I like his wiggle in space and I like he he and J.K. Dobbins are the two guys for me that you know maybe not the most elusive guys in this class but um, the wiggle that they have is at full speed they don't need to slow down to to shake somebody at all in 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 the game I, I the word I wrote down here I wrote it down three times in my notes in three different places Anthony McFarland is sudden. Like he is here and then he's not here. That's just the kind of guy he is. I, I love everything he does. He's 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 full motor. Um, and and that's that's my kind of back. I mean, that's, so that's I get my to play negative here. I get to play negative. Um, be the bad guy. Shade, baby, bring the shade. <laughs> love to see it. Um, he's a first and second down back, and he will never be a third down back at all. Meaning he can't be a three down workhorse. Um, he's a great runner. He definitely is. I have zero complaints about how he runs. I think he does it quite well. I think he's going to be very good for a team if he's drafted and stocked with like a guy like uh, some later on guys in our class, maybe a Vaughn, um, maybe a P. Ryan, where you can kind of have the Colts style running back where you have Marlon Mack and you have Naheem Hines and they provide a really good one-two punch. I think if McFarland's put in a situation like that, it'll be very successful, but he's not made the pass catch. I do not believe he'll be effective on third downs. That doesn't make him a bad running back. And for fantasy purposes, people draft Marlon Mack pretty highly. So obviously it works. Um, but I think if he's put into a situation where 
he has to be three downs. The coaches are not going to be quite happy. 24, 24 catches in two years. You're not wrong. Like 17 last year. He's not a, he's not a pass catcher. Also can't pass block very well. He tries. God bless the man. He tries, but uh, he does. He just doesn't know how to do it. You know, when I, when I watch him, like, I know this isn't going to happen. But when I watch him play, I think a really solid landing place for him would be, you know, if he goes into, he goes in the third round or so and he goes to the Patriots. I think he plays like a Patriot. I think he plays the Patriot way. And that's the kind of guy that, that Belichick and that team likes on their team. I think he'd be a good fit there with, along with the, the wealth of backs they have. Is that a good fantasy fit? No, but I think football wise, I think I'd like like to see him play in that jersey. Mm -hmm. And if you are wondering, it is Booker McFarland's son. Um, I, yeah. When we talked about it on the running back rankings, I did not know that. Now I know that. Um, (laughs) Didn't that, change my help? rank. That helps. Hurts. What? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, yes and no. Um, well, we, just, we just have to pray that uh, Anthony never goes into a broadcasting booth. Oh, gosh. Um, God. <laughs> keep, him on the bo- keep him on the boom on the sideline. He was fine there. Yeah. <laughs> Is there any other running backs? I, I didn't have any else written down. I don't know. Dude, there's so many more backs I want to talk about. Can I just, can just go for a minute? Let me just yeah, go you, for a minute. Got, go, go. Tyler, I'm older than you. You got to sit back and wait. Um, That's all right. Like, all right. First of all, um, one of the one of the running backs that, that was raising for me again, not because of what he did performance wise in the combine, because it was all fine, but nothing spectacular. But gained some weight is uh, is is P Ryan here. Lamichael P Ryan bumped up ahead of of Michael Warren for me. I think he's my sixth overall right now. I liked him. I liked him on film, and when he gained a, a little weight, I think he gained eight pounds, nine pounds, or something like that. Again, changes changes the formulas as it goes on, builds on top of that because a bigger back is is sort of necessary. I like I like watching him play. My biggest winners from this combine, we haven't well, AJ Dillon bumped up the most, but I don't like that he bumped up. I got two guys that bumped up nine spots that I think legitimately earned their nine spots based on the combine performance. The first one who I was kind of low on um, relative to some of the people I've heard seen on Twitter is uh, Darrington Evans app state guy. Uh, I had him at 23. He's bumped up to number 12. First of all, he ran the second fastest 40 four, four, one right behind Taylor uh, there, which was impressive. I thought he'd be fast, but playing for app state, you don't get to see him run against very fast defenders. So it's hard to really gauge some of the speed. Um, so as I'm plugging in speed scores, you know, I, 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 downgraded him a little bit just because of his competition but but that helps um he's sort of to me he's sort of like the guy that the combine's made for right like he's a he's a mid-round guy he played at a small school like this is his opportunity to get in front get in front of everybody along with what right after right before the other guys in the nation that everybody's already looked at he his hands showed a lot better than i expected his hands to because he didn't get a lot of pass catching opportunities at app state but he looked like he was his hands were really natural um, I liked to see that he showed a lot more power and strength than I expected him to show um, at the combine. His, combine his drill, just his drills, his on feed on field drills. His feet looked really good. He just looked like a solid back. He looked like he fit with that group a lot better than I sort of expected him to. I I downgraded a lot of what he was able to do just because he played at App State, uh, and after and after seeing him there, I I, I had to I had to give him credit. You know, he can't control who he's playing against right he 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 just got it done the other guy who who bumped from 18 all the way up to nine on my list inside my top 10 I'm the only guy of all of us uh, on on TCK here that has him in the top 15 and it's James Robinson every time I'm looking at I watched the whole combine I watched all the drills 
every time I looked at a guy and I saw him do something in one of the drills and I was like, wow, who's that? Looked at the name and it turned out to be James fucking Robinson. He played at Illinois state. Um, you know, again, his hands looked fucking phenomenal. Not a, not a chance to do that on his team this season. So we haven't seen it, but put up 24 reps uh, at the convoy had the second highest vertical jump, 40 inches, fifth highest broad jump, 125 inches, the fifth best three cone, the third best shuttle. Look, I wrote, when I first started doing this, I wrote down where Jonathan Taylor finished in all these drills because I was really impressed that he was consistent across all of them. Outside of the 40, James Robinson beat him in everything. He beat him in every drill. Well, that's not, he, he came one hundredth of a second behind him in the three cone, but he did everything James Robinson did, but nobody expected him to do any of it. Again, solid production in college did Robinson have, but uh, it, it was for Illinois State, right? So you don't, you don't expect that to translate. He did everything you could ask him to do at the Combine. So for me, he, he came flying up the boards. I loved the way this kid looked um, on the field, in the drills, catching the ball, uh, and, and in all the workouts. Like, he was, he was fucking great. Yeah. Um, go for it, Tyler. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, so I just have one guy I want to add to that. Um, he's joining the uh, the squad of people whose bandwagons I've jumped on completely with Zach Moss and Lavishka Chenault. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn, a very, very impressive when I watched his tape. I, I think he's kind of an underrated kind of style. Running back, four five one at the 40. Uh, so eclipses my running back averages. I did some numbers uh, on that. I have an average for running backs about a four. 0.53 uh, beats that um, did not participate in bench or three cone. That's the only other things I care about for running backs. Um, as far as tape goes, he's another one of those guys. And I think you guys are going to want to take a look at him that puts complete effort into everything he's doing uh, multiple times when I was watching his LSU tape uh, is what I did a film review on um, diving out of the way after blocking one guy to get to another blitzer on the outside, uh, putting in full effort when he's running, never giving up, continuing to drive his legs through guys very, very powerful for how well he uses his speed, too. Um, definitely a running back who's going a lot bit under the radar. And fantasy-wise, I don't think he'll have the draft capital to help him out. But I think if you put him on a team, um, even just give him a backup potential role, I think he can fight his way into a starting spot because that's what he's been doing his whole career. Um, transfer, redshirt senior. The only thing that's being concerned about him is his age to go along with um, the non-recognition he's getting right now. He's, he's Rudy to me, Rudy from the movie, Rudy. And what I mean by that, you're not like great effort guy, but my issue is that he's not a nat, he's not as natural a running back as a lot of these guys. And by that, I mean, you know, he hasn't shown, he doesn't show the natural vision that a lot of these guys show. He doesn't show the natural uh, wiggle and shake to get around guys. He doesn't show a lot of tackle breaking ability. Um, he'll find your easy holes. He's to me, he's not going to create a lot of yards he can catch the ball, but he's not going to be very creative with the ball after he catches the ball. He just doesn't have the natural ability a lot of these guys do. But yeah, I love his, I love his get up and go. Like, if I'm drafting as a as a as a GM in the NFL, I'm taking this guy to play on special teams every day, yeah. all day. And he'll and he may get a chance on the field as a back, but he just doesn't have the natural skill set that I think um, a lot of the guys that we saw we see in this class do. Perhaps it was a uh, disservice to me to cover a team like LSU versus Vanderbilt. LSU was completely disinterested most of the game. Um, but in most of the tape that I saw from him, I saw a guy that was, was very physical when he was running, um, a very hard-nosed football player. I, I really love his effort. I think that translates incredibly well into the NFL. 
um, as does most things, but that specifically, if you're going to be hardworking, coaches will notice that they'll keep you around, um, yeah. whether that be on special teams or give you chances in the running back position. For sure. For sure. I mean, he um, may show up three, four years down the line, like a, a Jonathan Williams in Indianapolis and he finally gets a shot mm-hmm. and does something with it. To me, I, I don't, I don't see him as a getting much opportunity starting out of the gates just because that lack of natural ability, but I got some losers. You guys want to hear my losers from the draft? Oh, yeah. Oh, the combine, rather? I'd have um, Slayer. Throw it out. <laughs> no. Well, God, no. He was fine. He was fine. Um, my, so my, fir- my first loser here dropped seven spots out of the top 12. That was uh, Darius Anderson, or Jet Anderson, as he called himself in the combine. Um, I can't bring myself to call him that. But he's a 195-pound kid. He ran a 4.61. Like, so right out of the gates, that's not good. Again, you got a small guy. You want, him, you want to see him fast. Um, his feet, it, it, you look at that Deuce Daly drill. When De- he does that uh, Deuce Daly drill, he's kicking the bags. He's, his feet are slow. So he's slow. He's got slow feet, and his hands look clunky. He's dropping passes. Passes are hitting him in the chest. Um, looked like he didn't have fingers on half of the fucking pass-catching drills he had out there. So, like, when you have a smaller back like this, there's certain things you need to be able to do. You need to be fast. You need to be quick. You need to be able to catch. He couldn't do any of them. Like, I don't, I don't want him on my team. I don't, want to, I don't want him in a Bears jersey. Next guy was uh, um, Ahmed, Salvin Ahmed from Washington. I think he struggled. Unfortunately, the poor dude had to do all the drills first. But it was, it was very evident that he was the first one to do all the drills. He didn't look good in any of the drills. Again, 197 pounds, 462. Not fast. His feet were real slow. Again, kicking bags in the Deuce Staley drill, which, by the way, I love that fucking Deuce Staley drill. <laughs> I don't know if you all saw that thing, but it was, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, the most disappointing thing I saw at, at the combine was Raymond Calais from the university of Louisiana Lafayette. He's a, he's a small guy. He's a, one of a three headed machine in Lafayette. They had three running backs that are mm-hmm. going to be in this draft class. Probably none of them going to be drafted real high. Uh, Troy Ragus is my favorite of the group, but I don't think he's going to be drafted real high either. But Calais was the speed guy in high school, in high school, mind you. Raymond Calais ran a faster 60-meter dash, 100-meter dash, and 200-meter dash than John Ross ever did in his life. Uh, so it, it, I expected speed out of him. In fact, I think he had the same 60 and 100-meter PR times as Henry Ruggs coming into this thing. So I expected him to be, you know, maybe not run as fast, but I was pushing for a 4.35, sub 4.35 for this kid. He ran a 4.42, and I promise you it was the most disappointing Four four two, you will ever see in the combine. Um, he he dropped off the map for me because he, you know that, that just pissed me. Off. I made bets, okay. I made lots of bets about this kid's <laughs> speed going into this thing, and I fucking lost them all. Uh, and I'm, I'm very disappointed in him. I wanted to see that kid run. There's one other guy that didn't get invited to the combine who I think can run a four three five as a running back, which is an incredible number. Um, I've got him right now ranked as my 15. But again, that's because he didn't go to the combine. It's Pete Guerrero from Monmouth College in New Jersey. Really fucking fun. Tyler, if you haven't seen this kid's tape, go watch Tyler Guerrero's tape. It's very, very fascinating. Uh, he's, a, he's a great a great talent. At least he was against who he ran against. I want, I'm, I'm, very, I'm looking forward to his pro day when he gets one because he will because I want to I see that number. I've also got bets about him running a 4.35, so he's my last hope. The other loser is basically that. It's just that, guys. Like, there's too many guys not invited to the combine that I think should have been invited. There were Bryce guys there that 
there were the guys there that shouldn't have fucking been there. And then there are guys that should have had a chance. Like I said, Ragus is one of them. I think Guerrero is one of them. Elijah Mitchell, the other guy, should have been. Reggie Corbin from Illinois, I think, should have gone. I hate Torin Young, but I think he earned himself a spot at the Iowa Combine. Boy. Yeah, he's your Iowa boy. Um, but uh, I, I like – I know you can't have everybody at the combine, but like, I don't know how they pick and choose these guys. I'd like to have a say in it in the future. If anybody's watching yeah. any of the losers, what do you got Tyler? Yeah. So uh, losers, um, Benjamin, obviously we, we touched on him earlier. So I won't, I won't dedicate a lot of time to him. Um, Edwards Larry Roundtree didn't even get invited to the fucking combine. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Dude, Bryce Perkins didn't get invited. And I'm as saying. someone who believed in him, as a quarterback prospect to being like the best mobile quarterback in this draft that killed me that like something died inside me that day to the point where I had to drop into my 10 because I'm still a believer. He's telling my team of people I'm believing in. But anyways, um, running backs, Edward Solaire running a four, six. That was a loss for me. I didn't really like that. Um, Outside of that, uh, most of the guys that I think are going to be capable and, you know, fantasy relevant within their first year, um, None really disappointed me too much. Obviously, my top about eight, uh, which goes real quick, Taylor Swift, Akers, Dobbins, Moss, uh, Hilaire, Vaughn, McFarlane. I think those guys, well, outside of Vaughn, who I'm just way too hard of a believer on, uh, all have first-year value. So none of those guys took much of a hit outside of the 40 time for Hilaire. Do you, as a as a young man, do you enjoy being able to say the name Taylor Swift on a fantasy football podcast show? Or uh, I do not. Um, oh, okay. Just a quick shout out. You're going to keep them one too, though, so you can keep saying that Taylor Swift, right? Dude, 70s music fan. Like, I have zero interest in Ah, nice. So, We're a big, big Taylor Swift fan in my Psychedelic rock, family. even though I'm uh, a virgin in the eyes of acid. <laughs> it's right. a hell of a drug, man. You got to get into it. At least you fucking saw the uh, podcast going, Lucas. Just, just curious. <laughs> we'll keep going. You guys like blew my like my like running back brain. Like, I yeah, dude, know. you're the you may be top shit, the boss over here, but like we bring the we bring the real shit. Yeah, dude, give, me, like, this- give me like post free agency, and then it'll be like then I'll be ready. Like this is there there's too many rookies. Like I'm with you. Like, I, I like know all the guys you're talking about, like the Guerrero. Like I've seen him play. Like I've, I just. The combines is fraud anyways. We don't have to talk about how people don't get invited because I know the NFL has the money to make this a whole week event, not just yeah. three days. So right. leave that for another thing. We'll go into wide receivers now. Wait, can I just talk about Moss real quick? What, he ran a four seven one, and then it's yeah. like, it's so like, here, let, like Odell was hurt. Let me tell you why. The season. Okay. Let me tell you about Zach. So the reason Zach – when I go through my film study and put all these numbers on these guys, um, it's, it's a lot of projection as far as the relativity to everybody else. Zach Moss happens to be one of the guys where I got everything right. Like he was exactly as fast as I expected him to be, exactly as strong, exactly as quick, which is why he didn't move up or down at all on my board. He stayed exactly – his total score stayed exactly where it was prior to. Um, I, I missed the mark on some of these other guys, which is why they moved around. But I still fucking love – Zach Moss and a lot of the things he does. Tyler, you know, he's the best pass blocker in the fucking country coming out right now. But I, I do want to correct Tyler on something really quickly if I can. Can I? Can I? Ooh. You can, might, you might want to, I don't no. know if you, I, you might want to cut this out because I'm going to no, call him out a little bit. But go for it. 
In the running backs episode, you said you were super fucking impressed with his incredible ability to hold on to the ball, his ball security. Uh, I think you said he didn't fumble ever. I just yeah, want to clear. I, I want to clarify. Seven hundred and twelve attempts of zero fumbles, according to ESPN staff. Except that he fumbled the ball eight times in college, one time last year. Uh, real. Uh, so, for your future reference, when you're looking at running backs in college statistics on ESPN, their their numbers are are wrong. They don't filter through right. You got to go game log by game log to find the fumbles. Reasonable. Already. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Otherwise, it says almost everybody has. I think everybody has zero fumbles if you look at it that way. But you have to go game log by game log. Awesome. Cut that part out. We don't need to put that on there. That's back end technical shit. <laughs> All right. Wide receivers now. Can we, yeah. I don't have a lot to say, but yeah, we can. I mean, there's we could go in way depth. I think we can hit the main points because I think a lot of the wide receivers stay the same. Uh, we'll talk about the biggest riser. I think he's probably everyone's biggest riser. Denzel Mims. Holy cow. I mean, like, it's – I mean, we talked about – I don't know if we talked about it on the wide receiver rankings as much as we probably should have, but uh, six foot three, 207 pounds. The production was there at Baylor. The only thing people were um, shying away or waiting for is the combine. They were waiting to see how athletic he, were, he was. Athletic as fuck is the answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to read off this as, like, percentiles on player profilers. So the 40, 93rd percentile. Bench, 60th, but if you're six foot three, 207, that's pretty good for a percentile. Vertical, 84th, broad jump, 93rd, and the three cone, 94th. Like, it's weird because if this was any other receiver, like say it was, oh, I don't know. We'll just say it was Tyler Johnson or it was a Je- Justin Jefferson. It was one of the bigger name guys. They'd be the 101 for receiver easily. So part of me wants to rank Mims all the way up there because we saw it on tape. I'm sure you guys watched tape for him or maybe not. Um, and his production was there. So I, I just kind of wanted to highlight how good of a combine, how good of a profile he's building coming into this draft. Because I think a lot, I've seen a lot of first round, end of round one uh, mocks for him when he was maybe going round three before the combine. Yeah. You know, could I, just to piggyback on Mim's performance right now, you, there's another big guy who had a, a big athletic day, and it's Michael Pittman, mm-hmm. who came out here 6'4", what is he, 220 pounds? Yeah, something like that. Um, and he's jumping out of the roof. Like, I, he's not, he, didn't, he didn't perform quite as well in the jumps and things as, as Mims did, but he's right there, um, and that's a big fucking body. These are big bodies to yeah. get moving, right? These are things you want to you wanna see. Like, they got to be able to burst out of a break, and that's what you want. Um, you could talk all fucking day about Rugs is four two seven, but if Rugs can't Rugs can't stop, turn, and get it going again, that's a problem. Like the explosion in the broad jump and the vertical jump are really important for wide receivers coming out of the break. These are these are these are important things. A three cone drill coming out of your fucking break and getting moving, the shuttle even coming out of your break and getting moving. Those are important. And a six foot three, six foot four frame to get moving like that, Jesus. Mm, that's hard to do. No one was expecting it. I mean, like, I don't – I have him at wide receiver eight right now, but that could easily be seven because Chenault, who knows if he's ready by draft time. We don't really have to, like, go into that because I think most people know that he's injured. Obviously, he ran a four five nine while injured. Um, six to eight weeks. Yeah, take it for whatever you want. I'm not, I'm not going to go into it because we'll just see come draft time where he goes, when he goes, that type of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, Denzel Mims, I think you hit, it, you hit it on the head with rugs. I put the 4-2-7-40, but a lot more goes into playing receiver than how fast you can run. Um, plenty of things. Like, I mean, right, Mims, let me list for you 
the fastest 40 yard dash receivers of all time. Can I kind of run down just a small yep, list? Go for it. Okay. Obviously, John Ross. How about Rondell Menendez, Jerome yeah. Mathis, Jacoby Ford, Marquise Goodwin? Not so bad. JJ Nelson, Yaman Figures, Darius Hayward Bay. Like Huge straight NFL. line, straight line speed does not translate to success as a wide receiver in the NFL. Exactly. So it's very it's great to put on a fucking billboard. Hey, I ran fast as fuck. Like put it in the lights. It's fun to talk about, but like okay. Yes. And obviously this is fan- to me. This is fantasy. So like obviously there's more to it. But I mean like I think Ruggs will be an okay NFL like receiver for a team that's building around it. But obviously this is fantasy. So it's completely different and we'll probably depending on where he goes, well, we'll you guys will probably re-rank him or et cetera, talk about him more. Um, Look, Tyreek Hill is a perfect example, right? Like when Tyreek Hill came out and he was just really fast and ran really fast, he was fine. And he was a fine fantasy receiver, boom or bust. But then he decided to learn to run routes. Mm-hmm. And he learned to run really good routes. And he spent a lot of fucking time learning to run really good routes. And once he did that, he became the stud that we all know he is. Like, will rugs do that like i haven't seen in the film that rugs can run really good routes so if he decides he wants to do that or if a team decides let's take him and and teach him how to do that great more likely he's going to be taken as a deep ball guy and he will never be more than a boomer bust fantasy guy for you never and i think personally what will kill his stock um if he goes to a team that's relying on him to be the number one wide receiver he's done there's no way he can take that workload. Obviously, we saw in Alabama he never had to, and there's a good there's a good reason for that. I don't think he can carry a full workload, especially knowing that he's going to be used as a deep threat. He, he, you know, as stamina wise, you can only go deep as so many times before you got to be off the field. He doesn't have the physical strength and ability to carry a team as a wide receiver. One, um, again, deep threat kind of guy. How can we rely on that in fantasy? Obviously, we see deep threat uh, wide receivers can be successful in fantasy with how much they can hit, uh, even going like maybe two receptions in a game. They put up a touchdown and an 80 yard, 80 yard catch. There you go. Great week. But, you know, how much can we rely on him in fantasy? I think we got to remember that when we're making our rankings. Put him on the Packers, and I like him. Yeah. That's it. He's a guaranteed lock for round one. Um, just because you don't come around receivers like that very often. Um, there's like two in this draft with him and Hamler and Hamler's like a small child at like 180. So it's, <laughs> they're complete. Exactly. Like it's, it's, I get what you're like. I think everyone kind of understands like the whole fantasy landscape for him, but I think he's going to go around one. People are going to overdraft him in rookie drafts. Um, let, let him talk him yeah. up like crazy yeah. in your draft and let somebody else make that mistake. I think he's a round two guy, uh, not a, yeah, round two guy. Um, but again, he's, he's only going to climb. Um, yeah which is unfortunate because I think a team is going to be a little bit upset with how much capital they wasted on him. But again, let in rookie drafts, let people take him, let them do it. If they want to climb up, trade back. If if you get value for it, let them take him, uh, Mm -hmm. go with a more sturdy wide receiver that can actually carry an offensive workload. Yeah, for How about sure. Jefferson? How about Justin Jefferson? That's, that's what I'm hopping into right here. So the, yeah, this is my guy right here. So I had him at wide receiver four before the combine. And he stayed there because, um, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm smart. I know I'm not an idiot. I don't think I'm that smart. He's not going above Rager, Judy, and Lamb. Uh, it's based off pure athleticism and talent. But he checked off all the boxes for me, I guess, when I'm looking at just the overall prospect he is in terms of 
I kind of look at it like going into the NFL. Obviously, the team has to like you. They have to draft you with a plan of you returning fantasy value just because, I mean, that's, it works like that. Obviously, it's based off their NFL value. He tested in the 75th percentile or higher in the 40 vertical and broad jump, which I think was very unexpected for him, um, for everyone. Because when you kind of – I mean, like, I didn't watch his film, but obviously I watched LSU games. It wasn't like he was making – humongous like athletic plays more so as like Jamar Chase was um and he's returning to LSU he'll probably be the wide receiver one next year but I think if you take in Jefferson's whole production role that he had his size the role he will play in the NFL and then now his combine I think that it's just the perfect like long-term slot NFL receiver to me and I think that's I mean obviously I think he's gonna have a very low not low ceiling but a very cap ceiling but his floor, I think, is going to be tremendous um, yeah. for fantasy I think, value. I think he's the king of this class when it comes to slot receivers. Um, he, he can really dominate all around the field. He's a receiver you can throw a lot of different things out of uh, route-wise. Route, route um, he can do it all for a team, which I really, really like that flexibility. Um, the, the combine was incredible for him. I think that was needed kind of separate himself from this idea of the LSU offense carrying um, his productivity, which is something that was going to follow him without this outstanding combine. I think the combine for any receiver in this class, I think if it helped anyone the most, it was going to help Justin Jefferson outside of Mims. um, Jefferson definitely got, got the most stock raised after this. My favorite thing about Jefferson in the combine were, were the routes he was running. He ran he ran the crispest routes in the class. Like there was nobody out there running better routes, I think, at the combine uh, than Justin Jefferson. And you saw that on the field in the film too, right? So when whenever you see these things in both places, like you you can feel comfortable that the kid knows how to do those things. And and you know, as a I I am something of a Clemson fan, right? Um, yeah watching that championship game like I didn't expect him to run great a great 40 time like he's not a he's not a speed demon however you watch that fucking championship game against Clemson every other play he's behind everybody on the defense like I don't know how we how we did it it's 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 the routes man he can his hips don't move like a human being's hips should move. I love him. I got him four two. I think um, because I can't. I can't bump like you said. I can't bump him above Rager no. um, and the other two. But I love Jeff, Justin Jefferson. He may be one of my favorite wide receivers in the class. And the thing that I like most about Justin Jefferson, it goes back to what we said about running backs earlier. And Anthony McFarland is this. Um, when you watch the Jefferson tape, uh, y- you have to watch the whole games because on run plays. This man does everything in his fucking power to find somebody to block. Yeah. He is the most tenacious blocker as a small wide receiver you will find in the country this past season. It's so fun to watch somebody try. It's effort, guy. I know I said it with McFarlane. I'm saying it again. It's effort, man. He's fucking trying harder than you're trying, which is something I want on my team. It means he's going to get the fucking ball more. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think he's as small as, as we kind of – type him up to be I still I still think he's he has the the size how big is he what's his size uh, he's he's six one which is but, the uh, same height as Jerry Judy Lavishka Chenault and Tyler Johnson so yeah. he's he's not like that's you know small. a five eleven receiver I'm fucking uh, six foot for Christ's sakes yeah that's no small. I'm six two so he can go Jeez. eat shit um <laughs> no, yeah I definitely uh I'm definitely with you man he, he's, awesome. he's he's an incredible receiver 
you know, it takes watching his film to understand him as a player. Obviously, we can all look at stats and say, oh, my goodness, uh, this guy's incredible. Number two in the Belenikov behind Jamar Chase. So, clearly, that offense was humming. Uh, you look at the film, you start seeing what he is as a, as a player. It's, in, it's incredible. Mm. I had, so, I had this conversation real quick. Somebody mentioned it, the LSU offense. I had this conversation with my buddy just the other day. Everybody on the LSU offense, somebody's making the argument and saying, hey, he just had a great offense around him, and that helped boost his stock. Well, eventually, somebody has to be that great offense that was supporting everybody else, right? Like, is it Clyde Edwards-Hilaire that was just so good at running back that he made everybody's job easier? Was it Justin Jefferson that it was just so always so wide open that it made everybody's job easier? Was it Burroughs who made everybody's job easier? Like, sure, at some point, it's the guy. Somebody has to be the guy that made things easier on everybody, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe it was Jefferson because he, he get dude can get open. Yeah, it's Moss probably completely different. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I guess to like say something on that, Stephen Sullivan, backup tight end for LSU, was based on like the Senior Bowl, like blurbs, whatever you want to say, was the best, like one of the best tight ends there. The man, I don't don't have his stats. I guarantee you, he had less than ten catches last year. Like. Right. It's just, I mean, I get what you're saying. That's a completely different study um, or conversation. We'll keep going with Tyler Johnson. I am, uh, I was on board with Tyler Johnson because uh, I was waiting for the combine where allegedly he dropped out of the Shrine Bowl to prepare for the combine but and did. then didn't test. So I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, it's got to be, got to be dealing with some kind of nagging something, right? Yeah. Because like, this is not a, this is not a guy that could have just said, hey, my stock is through the roof. I don't have to work. Yeah. This is a guy that needed the combine to show people. Yeah, the NFL, I, in my mind, he needed yeah. the combine. The NFL is not, for some reason, not on board with him. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know why. Because a guy like Von Jefferson or Juwan Jennings went to the Senior Bowl, and the dude that broke the Minnesota Gophers record for like receiving yards and touchdowns wasn't even invited. So there's something off or wrong so I, we'll see on his pro day if he can test because if he does not test well I'm completely off of him and really I mean I'll probably still have him ranked at a reasonable ranking but I'm not going to touch him in any league because no team's going to buy into that uh, and then Chase Claypool is the last one I've listed why was he or tight end I don't know I, he was asked to play tight end I Lamar Jackson was asked to play receiver two years ago so I mean I don't know how much you can buy into that uh, he tested insanely good, especially for his size at six foot four, two thirty eight. Um, his percentiles, I'll just read them off again: forty yard dash, eighty six percentile, bench eighty third, vertical ninety fourth, and broad eighty first. Uh, just, but I, with that, I mean, I kind of watched Notre Dame games, not necessarily film. He just seemed very one dimensional in what he can do. Um, I don't know what you guys have like listed down from anything but he just seemed like a very big red zone threat and that's really about it for me yeah, yeah um, just, a big, just a big dude just a big yeah. dude you're definitely a tight end switch i think needs to happen uh, i know you had a uh a take where you were trying to talk about gandy golden going to tight end and i think while we're on that kind of mm-hmm. uh that kind of train i, I kind of want to hear your take on why you think gandy golden should probably also be a tight end I, I mean, I think it was more so just an NFL. Like, just a good move for him because he really underperformed at the combine. And I think when you're a small school receiver, uh, well, in his case, a very small school receiver, a school that just became D1, uh, I think you need to do what's best and pos- best possible move for you. And he just really underperformed. 
I think to even be an NFL receiver, so I think that'd be something that he could consider for sure. Um, I don't know the rate of players that switch from receiver yeah, to tight end or vice versa, but I don't know. Put up a uh, 22 bench uh, reps. I'm pretty sure that was number one. Um, definitely close to it. Uh, I, I think he's. I think he's a really solid receiver when you look at his tape. Uh, whether or not he'll he can translate to NFL. Um, is 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 so hard with these kind of guys. Yeah. You want to see him blow up the combine so you know that they can, because who is Liberty playing to the point where you could exactly. say that Danny Golden's going to be an electric NFL player, and, and it, it hurts because you look at his tape and it's it's spectacular. But who's it against? Against and, children, right? It is. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. He will be completely draft capital dependent, I think, uh, whereas some guys aren't. Uh, I don't think that I miss anyone that you guys. Stood out to you. There's obviously a ton, but yeah, yeah. just uh, shooting off the top of the list. Um, didn't talk about Lamb. Lamb just Lamb established he's the best receiver in this class. I mean, I, I looking at your guys' rankings. Um, I, I don't know if you guys are mutual with that. Uh, yeah, we we are. Uh, Dwayne, you have him at two, but I think um, I, I think his his combine. Yeah, you have to admit it was, was that was a nasty combine. catch. That was a nasty catch yeah, on that end zone that. drill. Love that end zone drill. F.A., um, right? Not, yeah, not that that was, like, the only thing that was impressive about him. I think his hands were really good. 4, 5, 40, uh, 0.5, like a tenth of a – just under Judy, we'll just say it like that. Um, only 11 bench reps. I, I don't know how much that impacts you Doesn't guys. Matter. When you're getting open, who cares? Yeah. But you got to get it's – it's about the get off, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean – Being 6'2", 34.5 vert. Does that concern you guys at all? Obviously, my average for um, for wide receivers is around 35.84. Uh, does that does that hurt you guys, Dwayne? You have them at two. I'm kind of curious what you're. Yeah, it, yeah, it's concerning. I mean, it depends on the role that you're going to play, right? Like, I I haven't watched a ton of film on these guys. Like, I can't break them down like I can the running backs. I spent all offseason thus far looking at running backs, but. Um, he's got a great skill set for what he what he can do. It's just a matter of, you know, how 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 are teams going to decide to use him? I for me, Judy's just a little. He's got a little bit more um, potential as far as like he can do he can do a few more things I think than Lamb can do on an NFL field. Uh, so that's why that's why I give it to Judy. But I mean, it's picking fucking nut hairs at this point, right? Like, <laughs> they're they're so goddamn close to mm-hmm. one another. You got to pick a reason. Um, and yeah, the vert's a good reason, good reason as any to, to bump one of them over the other, but I don't think Judy had a great vert either. I mean, 37, what was it? I, I had 35. Was it 35? Yeah. Not a great, not a great vert either, but, um, you know, between these, I don't think either of these two guys has a hard time producing. No. Yeah, speaking of, uh, incredible verts, Jalen Rieger, 42. Rieger, baby. Yeah, uh, His 40 was a little, uh, underwhelming, but that was kind of based off the standards Twitter sent on a set on all a, his other stuff give me those jump give me those jumps dude yeah. that, that bench everything that he did was really impressive yeah he'll be a late round one nfl pick i think to, he he's my he's not my number one rated guy but he and jefferson are my two favorite wide receivers yeah. in the class like i want to watch them play nfl football more than i do judy or lamb yeah i, I agree i think they're just more i don't know a better story to follow per se you could i don't know whatever you want to say for the reasoning um and as far as, you know, fantasy-wise and rookie drafts, like, I think these – you can probably get – you know, we're talking late first round in a super flex for these yeah. two guys, whereas 
you want Judy or Lamb, you're going to have to be in what the top seven. Yeah, Maybe you not. could have so, two Justin Jeffersons for one Jerry Judy. Like, oh yeah, second like even the early second round, you can get these. I don't know where their yeah. ADP is right now, but give me the value on those guys. Quick hot take: If you're a PPR player and you're in a dynasty league, go draft Justin Jefferson. Oh yeah, oh, fuck yeah. He has from day one what Jamison Crowder was to the Jets. This is not his. This is not my comp to him at all. But that like ten reception a game, easy kind of stuff is what Justin Jefferson's going to live by. Agree. Keep your god. Mm. All right. Well, that is we went a little long. So if you're still listening, well, thank you for listening to Dwayne and Tyler's um. RB uh, extravaganza, is that what we want to call it? Sure. Fuck yeah. All right. Um, well, uh, if you go to tckpod.com, we'll have our consensus. We changed it to consensus rankings, so we have the cool Fantasy Pros uh, tool. It looks nicer. Um, we'll probably sort of stop on rookie content for now until post-draft, but then obviously we'll break all that down with our updated rankings and everything. So thank you to Tyler and Dwayne for tuning in. And it's Dwee's nuts. We, it says it right on the fucking screen, man. We, you have to protect my secret identity, for fuck's sake. I miss said Dweez. His name's not Dwayne. All right. Thank you. All right, peace I, out, guys. I also- Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.